0: here with Rachel Poli, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 49, and this week's question is, what are your tips for running an anthology? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show, and if you enjoy our episode, please give it a like. Okay, for this episode, we welcome our first guest of 2021, Mickey Noble, who we will be asking this question to. Mickey has both participated in and created anthologies of her own. Mickey, it is lovely to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
1: Sound effects. Yay!
0: (laughs) We have to make our own sound effects. It's very sad.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: I can do it, too. There you go. Now you got two. Yay!
1: There we go. Now we have a crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mickey, it's nice to meet you.
2: You as well. We talk all the time on, on, you know, social media, so...
0: It's nice to have a face, finally.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: I have to say, even though we obviously see people's avatars and everything, it's still so much more different because to, to see someone like on a video being dynamic and, you know, it's so different from the photos we always see. And it's nice it to see that I'm not some creepy old man hiding behind my face. That is also true. That too. Yes.
2: <laughs> you ladies too. So that's funny.
0: <laughs> this is a long con. The long con. Actually, the creepy old man is over here. <laughs> there was a movie like that, wasn't it? I think Mission it was. Impossible? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I love, I love the Mission Impossible movies. I need to start watching them again. So good. Yep. Okay, so let's delve deeper into this question but start with an easy one. What is an anthology?
2: Well, the simple answer is it's a collection of short stories. It's usually by um, multiple authors, but anybody can really write a collection of short stories. I've actually seen quite a few that are made just by one author, but uh, yeah, most of the ones you'll see are a collection of uh, different short stories from other authors. And one of the important things is they usually have a theme, which I did not know this when I first started. So that's <laughs> important. <laughs> it's important to know.
0: <laughs> I suppose that makes sense because it creates more of a cohesion with all the stories. And that way it's probably easier to target the right audience for it. So I have, I have to admit, I wouldn't have thought there was a theme until I started learning more about anthologies. But yeah, I just thought, oh, yay, grip of, of stories. But yeah, that, that makes sense.
2: That's what I thought in the beginning. Let's just get a bunch of people and write some stories. Yeah, that didn't work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that because I feel like a lot of people use the words short story collection and anthology interchangeably. And I knew like an anthology was a collection of short stories with various authors, but it never occurred to me that there should be a theme with each story. You learn something new every day. (laughs) Exactly. That's what we're here for. Because I've written, I've written a collection of short stories uh, myself, but they're different genres, they're different themes, they're all over the place. So for an anthology to be so, I don't know if rigid is the right word, but to have like all the stories to have something in common that makes so much sense.
2: Yeah, like Ari said, it's a little bit easier to um, let the reader know where, you know, what they're going to be reading, right? So it kind of brings everything together, like cohesion. Whoever just said that—that's that's a good word. I like that one. Yeah, yeah cohesively. <laughs> so <laughs> Rachel, you have to write a short a story for
1: the anthology. I know. You know what? Because I saw I saw your submissions for the book that came out yesterday and I thought about submitting, but I couldn't, I was just fresh out of ideas. And then at that point, I just, yeah. If you feel like
2: submitting next time, just send me a message and I will do so. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always up for helping people if they have ideas and they want to submit. I, I always say just, just message me, uh, usually on Twitter or whatever, and just I mean, even you can even message me through my website, uh, MickeyNoble.com. And uh, there's a way you can contact me. You can just send me a, a question there.
1: Good to know. So cool. with that said, what made you decide to run an anthology? So a
2: funny story. I was actually behind on some of my editing dates and I was kind of in a writing slump and I, okay, I've been through a few of them. So I'm going to. Warn all the authors out there. If you feel like you can't write for a while, don't panic. Just kind of let it let it go. I learned that the hard way because um, I've had two now. One, I didn't write for five years. It was like the most depressing time. I it it was terrible. And then um, last year, probably like a lot of people, I didn't write at all. I didn't feel like it. It was just it was terrible. And um, so because of that reason, I decided to start the anthology and uh, get my editing date all set up. So I had other people's stories together to edit. So that's how it started. I just contacted a few of my friends and was just like, hey, do you want to do an
1: anthology? And there we go. I learned from there. We've all gotten in those writing slumps before. And I mean, like you, I haven't really written in like the past couple of years. I write during the NaNoWriMo months and that's about it. And I... I'm one of those people that jumps from project to project if one project isn't working out or I feel stuck, then I go to another one. So to put together an anthology and to see what other people are writing, that's kind of motivating to see what other people are doing. And then you can be like, oh, hey, I'm working towards something. I'm collaborating with people and I'm learning new ways to write and even to edit. I think that's awesome.
2: Oh, that's so wonderful. Okay, that's great. (laughs) Woohoo! I love to help motivate because it's it's, I mean you as you as you ladies would know um, and a lot of authors would know we always struggle with self-worth self whatever self-pity oh self-pity is evil yeah it's it's like destroys writing motivation and just yeah it's it's good to help motivate like we've got to stick together we've got to stick together us writers yeah, yes, totally. absolutely.
0: Um, I think that says it all though because like as you said you had this this slump and then running an anthology is so much more different like short story especially if you're not a short story writer doing an anthology going out of your comfort zone to do short stories and then having someone tell you a theme which kind of takes some of the pressure away from thinking about something you have to do yourself and something more complicated so you've got something a bit more compact and you've got someone saying this is the theme so it's like oh that makes more sense, and I don't know. It's I, I can. I think that's always helpful. Trying something new and having the idea of, of saying, "Well, we'll do an anthology," and opening up this opportunity—not just for you doing something different, but to help other people and to get inspiration from other people and to inspire them. And yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's such a different thing because I had heard about anthologies from like years ago, but I'd never really I'd never really thought about it, and I'd never read any anthologies. Mm. So the idea. Writing an anthology seems so weird because two years ago I didn't even think about them it wasn't even something I was like oh yeah I read anthologies all the time I'm really into short stories it's like I wasn't that just that's what you did you were so inspiring to get people to step into something different so I I think it's an interesting reason for why you ran it and I think it's brilliant and I think it's had (laughs) a lot of ripply effects.
2: Thanks. And you know what, I think that's the reason why I kept it going is a lot of people actually said that same thing that what you said, Um, just like you don't think of it, but it is a motivating thing. And my favorite part of running the anthology from the first year was I think we had three or four people that had not been published yet. So that was actually their first time being published, you know, in this in this day and age, it's just it's hard to get published unless you've already been published. So this is an easier way to get people in our community published. They can actually say they have been published and, you know, they don't have to fight tooth and nail to, to get into the anthology. I try to, I try to keep everybody in it if I can. And um, yeah, it was just, it was so motivating for myself as well, that I could just help people in the community. That was the one big thing why I kept doing it.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. I think that's, that's oh, a big thing, though. It, writers should be a community. I know I bleat on about this a lot in my blog and blog podcast, but we're not competitors. We're a community, and we should support mm-hmm. each other. And the idea that you went out of your way to support writers, new writers, and gave them a, a place to, to share their work, to sort of put their foot in the water, test out, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. So, leading on, this is a great segue... <laughs> how do you go about finding writers to join an anthology
2: well the very first year as i said i just contacted people i knew on twitter i think there was a few actually i'm on twitter instagram and facebook so the people that i spoke to most i asked them if they wanted to be in it because it was my first time i i didn't know what i was i didn't even know what an anthology really was until I started running it. So (laughs) I will admit that it was, yeah, it was a very big learning experience. It's not for the faint of heart, but it was, uh, like we've already discussed, it was worth it. Yeah. So I, I just basically contacted everyone I knew. And second year I had a submission call. I shared it, Facebook, Twitter. I don't know if I shared it on Instagram. Bad me. (laughs) (laughs) Sudden realization. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But uh, it's on my website. And then I, I, after every anthology, I write it in the back of the book. And it says, you know, the theme will be announced in June and you can follow us. And so the anthology that was published yesterday, in the very back, it will give you instructions on how to submit for the following anthology. I will warn everyone, the third one is already complete we've already got our list of authors but we are waiting for uh 2023 2023 two years 2022 sorry <laughs> we are waiting for 2022 <laughs> <laughs> which which will be in june so there you go everybody knows now
0: <laughs> i love the idea of putting it at the back of the book because that would never have dawned on me to do that but i said like someone reads through and enjoys it and if they're a writer reading the back going oh I could join that especially because it's um i'm not sure if it's a series but i know the first two books were um supernatural beings anthologies so they you know touched on supernatural beings so i don't know will the the third and fourth one be the same yes there'll be different volumes of
2: supernatural sure. beings, but the theme is still different every year Yeah. Uh, which i which i release uh usually in june but i think i might do it earlier this time to give everyone more time. I think that's why we skipped the volume three. And so everybody's got almost a year to do the writing. So that will, uh, that will give everybody a little bit extra time just in case, you know, you got things going on. So that's good. We want to, we want to keep it in advance. It's easier for everyone.
1: I love how you are just creating such things. A huge community through this one series and like even though the second book just came out you already have the third book all planned out and it's in motion it's amazing thank you very much like Ari said it's uh
2: we have to stick together we're a community we're not uh we're not competitors I mean nobody reads one author Everybody, you know, likes different authors. It's great to be compared to other authors, but at the same time, like, you you don't want to be considered a competitor. I'm not a huge reader. I am trying to get back into the habit of reading. It does actually help you be a better writer, I think, um, in my opinion. So reading, stupid bone.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the unprofessionalism of not turning your phone off. I thought that was something on my end. I was like, what in the world was that? Don't let me do that a (laughs) lot. I turned it
2: off. (laughs) What was I saying? So back to reading. Um, Well, first of all, I, I, I like to read more because first I get to support my fellow indie authors. So as we said, it's not competitive. We have to support each other. And I have a theory that if each one of us supported our own indie author community we could all be bestsellers there are so many authors out there this yes. is my theory I don't know if it's true I'm working on it I'll let you know <laughs> when I figure it out <laughs> it's my theory you, you know you have to be supportive and and like I've, I've said nobody reads just one person a lot of people like to go based on um, what their friends read so I mean if I can say I've read a lot of indie authors, I can recommend them as well. So like I said, it's it's a big circle. We've we've got to support each other.
0: So that's what we're here for. Just a, a quick side question to the one I just asked. On the first anthology, you just reached out to people and asked them. And on the second anthology, you did a submission form and you sent that out so that writers you probably had never heard of could obviously join and everything. Of those two, which do you prefer and which do you think if anyone else out there is listening and thinking, I want to run an anthology, which do you think is the best way of doing it? Especially maybe the first anthology, what do you think?
2: The best way? Well, the best way if I want to help new authors is to do the call for submissions, the submission form. For For the first one, it was, um, it, it was basically helping my friends, you know, and I would love to do that as well. But yeah, for, for people that I have not read before, it's, uh, it's much easier to do the call for submission. So I shouldn't say easier, but you know what I mean? To to new authors, that's the best way. (laughs) And then even if they do not um, get into the anthology for the year they're submitting, personally, I get to read their stories, I get to see their writing habits, their writing style. And, and so that's one thing, like I get to know them that way. And uh, I always say resubmit next year, you know, always, always, I, I have nothing against anyone, you know what I mean? So I would love to just, I'd love to help the community. That's, that's the main thing. There's just, there's so many people out there that don't get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so this is the way, this is a way that I can help. That's
0: so cool. (laughs) It's so inclusive. (laughs) It is. Good job.
1: (laughs) Because I have to uh, back up a little bit, piggybacking off of that, but also going from what you said earlier, where you said that there were three or four authors who had never been published before, before they were in the anthology. I feel like labels are so important. I hate labels, but if you look at people's titles, if you go up to somebody and say, Hey, I'm a writer, people think it's cool, but it kind of gets brushed off. But if you go up to somebody and say, Hey, I'm an author, then they're like, Ooh what do you write? I know an author and they get so excited. So you're, you're bringing these new opportunities for so many people. And even if they don't get into the anthology, like you said, you're, you're still giving them some sort of feedback and encouraging them to keep going, which is awesome.
2: Exactly. That's, that's what I would love to do. Like, you know, as we've uh, touched on earlier, it's just, uh, it's hard to sometimes keep your momentum going in the writing world. When you have, like, when you have people like that, well, you're a writer. And as they, it gets brushed off, like you said, it's hard to keep your—I don't know—your spirit going. I guess is a good way to put it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a very, very hard thing to be a writer. Very hard. It mm-hmm. is the most rewarding thing in the entire world, but it is very hard. And as we all know, it's very hard. So yeah, I mean, if uh, anybody wants feedback on their story, I I can uh, offer that anytime. But. Um, Yeah. Like, like we got to help each other. We got to, you know, I don't know what else to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've got to cheerlead for each other. Uh
2: (laughs) We've got to be our, that's it, cheerleading community.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So out of all the things that you do putting together these anthologies, what are some of the obstacles you encountered when running the anthology?
2: The obstacles are Um, editing and advertising those are the big things that I uh, that I could work on specifically but editing was uh, very hard to to find an editor we have had a couple different ones so what I'm going to be doing for the following anthology is having everyone get their own stories edited it's just so much easier rounding up all the stories and getting them edited and then sending them back and you know I'm deleting the middle woman which is me and everybody can have their own stories edited. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's just a little bit easier, I think. And that, that just causes a little bit more stress for everyone. And I just, I didn't enjoy that part. And then advertising. There's a decision that you have to make when you publish. Amazon has their own their own little world where you can just publish on Amazon and Amazon gives you um, extra goodies if you, if you um, just publish on Amazon exclusively. But then there's also the decision to go wide and you can publish on Kindle, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, like, you know, all those big ones, iBooks that is, um, that then you've got to publish like on Amazon, then you've got to publish on different places. Like there's so many places you can publish now, which is wonderful for indie authors. So great. But it can be a little confusing on where you want to get your book published so that was the one thing that I I learned very early. I'm still learning really, uh, <laughs> whether which one is is better to publish wider to just just to publish on Amazon. I mean, most people it seems they read on Amazon because Am- Amazon has the Kindle Unlimited, ten dollars a month you can read as many books as you want. I've seen people read up to sixty books a month, but I don't oh, okay. I don't know how in the world they do that. But I mean, I applaud them. Like that <laughs> is. That is amazing. That's not you. That's not me. (laughs) Me either. I wish. I wish. Oh, could you imagine how many worlds that is though? That's amazing. I know it is. It is. Yeah. You can travel anywhere. Oh, that's just so, (sighs) so great.
1: I think the editing and the marketing part of any book, whether it's just your novel or if you're doing it with a group of writers, I think that's the hardest part of the writing process, hands down. I mean, writing is hard in general, but at least that's just you fighting with your characters. I mean, you can you can win in a fight with your characters. It's difficult, but you can, it's doable. But the <laughs> editing part and the marketing, just forget it. But I do have a little bit of a follow-up question for you, even though we told you there wouldn't be any surprise questions. Um, <laughs> we lied. It's my second one now. But I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you... For both anthologies, did you keep a list or a log of all the positives that happened and all the negative things that happened and, you know, what worked well and what you would do differently? Did you happen to keep a list so that for the next anthology, you can look at it and be like, oh, I'm not doing that again?
2: That's actually a genius idea. I I
1: should have done that. I didn't like, I've got the mental
2: notes up here, you know. That just bothered me. Don't do that again. But as I continue, like, I'd really love to keep going with the anthology. But, uh, yes, that's a genius idea. I'm going to have to start doing that now.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, well. (laughs) You're welcome,
2: then.
0: Thank you very much. Good luck. Thanks. I'm going to be anointed and add a little sub-question, too. Three. Three. (gasps) Oh, all right. We're breaking the rules. (laughs) I only asked one. I
1: reached out four now. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> right.
0: you, you mentioned obviously all these different platforms, which, by the way, I didn't even know some of these existed until anthologies came out and there was that books to read link. And it's like, oh, I've never heard of these places. Because I'll be honest, I don't have Kindle Unlimited, but I do buy from Amazon because it is connected to my Kindle and it's like, boop, gone. And I also have Prime. So, it's like, book in a minute, straight away, coming straight at me. So, yeah. I do have that. But when you've got all these platforms, are they at least mostly similar or is it like a massive learning curve on every single one of them because they're all different, like how they process the uploads and whatnot?
2: The easiest way to explain it is you can publish through Amazon and Amazon publishes on Amazon. But then there is uh, other ones. Um, the only one I can think of right now is draft to digital uh, That's another big one uh draft to digital gives you the option to publish on kindle ibook you know all the big names and then they give you a bunch of other ones like overdrive i think is another one i've personally never heard of it but there might be someone out there that only reads on overdrive right one of my personal favorites would be draft to digital i think smashwords as well has another one that's another one that you can publish on that has Different links to other distributors, so they're they're also another one. But Amazon is just they love Amazon, and it's so much it's easier because it's just one place that you have to worry about when you publish. So you didn't ask this question, but my suggestion would be publishing on Amazon in the beginning might be an easy step into the world. But it is a mass market on Amazon, yeah. so it's the easiest one to publish onto but it is also the hardest one I think to break into as an author mm. it's it's kind of a yeah it, yeah it's kind of you have to choose either way you know but uh, draft to digital is probably another one that's uh, pretty pretty simple to upload in that so yeah does that answer Are we got that does that's good though no, that's actually as <laughs>
0: extra tips and advice to people because it, it's like, obviously, everyone thinks Amazon. That's the first thing you think Amazon. But like you said, it's like, yes, it's quick to do. Yes, obviously, on um, uh, Kindle Unlimited and most people buy from Amazon. But not everyone does. I mean, I, I have uh, cobalt books. I have um, e-books on, on, my, on my tablet. And I have loads of books in there because I just find books from people I like, people I've never heard of. And, I, and, and that, so it's not everything is on Amazon. I think having the idea of saying, yeah, Amazon is great, but this is the con to it. Yeah, it takes a lot to break into blah blah blah. I think that's good advice. Good advice. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> wow, yes. Which helps me segue into our last question. Maybe because we might add a sub question. We don't know. <laughs> okay, well, Ricky. <laughs> the last question, maybe, is what advice do you have to anyone considering starting and running an anthology? What are some like key pieces of advice to a fling at them?
2: very first have a theme that's my very first advice (laughs) i actually asked everyone to be in the anthology and actually ari i think it was you that said do you have a theme and i was like wait a second that's a thing like you know so that's (laughs) that's my first thing that's my first advice second would be read some anthologies uh see how other people have done their anthologies third have a really great cover a really catchy cover we've we've had so many people just oh i love it i bought it because of the cover i mean seriously we we got lucky we got
1: killer covers
2: so i think those are the, my top three
1: advice advice pieces i guess you do have awesome book covers though seriously. <laughs> i mean it, it's true obviously i found the books because of ari but that was, like, the first thing that I noticed when I saw the books. I was like, holy crap, those covers are gorgeous. So
2: pretty. They so pretty. Right? <laughs> Fran at Mary Book Round, I'm telling you. That girl. <laughs> I told her. I actually told her, like, from the beginning. When I saw the first one, I was like, if this keeps going, you're doing the whole series. It's yours. You know? And she was like, all right, I'm here. Like, <laughs> And I just told her, I said, here's the title because it's a typography cover. She said, it's easier to have the title first, right? You don't want to have to change it after. And so I just, I gave her the title and I said, have fun, do whatever you want. And that's what she came up with both times. Like, wow. The, wow. Yeah. The, the gold and the first one and the snakes and the second one. And just, it was beautiful. I mean, I, I couldn't even ask her to do anything better. Just, yeah. That's another advice, piece of advice. When you get a cover from... Any designer, tell them what your story is about, and let them do their thing. I, I cannot express that enough. I've got covers that custom covers that I had designed that I told them what to do, and I regret it. (laughs) Like you, don't tell them what to do. They know what they're doing. They study the market. They study other designers. They study what's popular. They know what they're doing. Just let them do their thing, and trust me,
0: it will work out
2: beautifully seriously okay <laughs> I, I can
0: understand nice. that yeah because <laughs> if you think about it the image you have in your head thinking i've got this great idea for a book cover and then you tell them and you're hoping they're going to pull it out of your head and stick it on a, on a book cover and it's like no and it might still look great but if you go in with this really clear image and they don't manage to get it exactly like that the back is kind of like but yeah as you said like you know let them them run free with their ideas that's it (laughs) my
2: very first novel that i published was piggybacker shameless plug (laughs) 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 she's getting them in there early (laughs) no i had to bring this up my um so my very first uh book that i published was piggybacker and um it was a custom cover that i got from more books are called and I asked them I had the uh, image in my head like you said and I sent them the image and um they did a beautiful job they it just it's a gorgeous cover but it wasn't quite what I expected it to be and not that it wasn't gorgeous it's, it's perfect but what was in my head was wrong okay <laughs> <laughs> it was wrong <laughs> When I did the second and third one, I just said, this is what happens in the story. Go and have fun. And the second and third one turned out so much better because I just let them do what they wanted, you know? So I think, yeah, that's my biggest piece of advice. That's their job is to look at the market, every different genre. There's so many genres out there. That's their job. It's not our job as writers to do it. And so when you put your, your baby into their hands... And, and you know get the visual out of it you've got to let them do their job you got to trust them and those are the best covers that i've ever had i mean i just got a, a new one from another designer that's coming out this halloween actually i give you the title but it doesn't have a title Well, <laughs> I, I had an old title and it just didn't work because casper is a ghost And so I can't use Casper the ghost. So it doesn't have a title, but anyway, it comes out this, this um, Halloween. And I just said to her, like, I love all of your designs do do what you want like just have fun you know go 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 and uh at first she was like I uh need something like and I'm like I don't want to influence it and wreck it and uh yeah (laughs) she's like okay give me something so I gave her like the tiniest details you know urban setting and uh you know a guy and a girl go have fun and uh she came up with the entire cover and it's just genius. If I'd have told her anything, I would have wrecked it. So, I'm really really excited. <laughs> anyway, I'm obsessed with book covers right now because I started designing them. So, that's one thing. So, yeah, it's yeah, you got to trust your designer. That's where I'm going. <laughs>
0: Because <laughs> we're, we're writers and we get a little bit obsessive don't we it's like we, we control a lot we control all these characters we control the world and we get a bit like godlike it's like we have to control everything and we want our stamp on everything and it's like no certain things we need to back off it's like as long as the cover has as you said some sort of connection to the book i mean i have it's one of the issues i've always had with traditional publishing is the number of book covers i've i've seen and they've done a character on the front it's not even the main character the look it's very pretty, but it actually is the, it's the look from a middle character or a secondary character. And you're like, they obviously grabbed something and went, oh yeah, there's a character with, with like, you know, really cool hair. I'm going to put that on. It's like, that's not even the main character. It makes no sense. And that always annoyed me. I've seen so many traditional published books that had covers that just didn't work because they weren't connected. Especially if they had a character on, they weren't connected properly. And you're like, no, that's rubbish. So at least with the, like self-publishing, you have that more control. So at least you can be like, oh, actually, no, the character's got like brown hair and it's long. <laughs> it's not like a bob and things like that. You have a bit more control, but at the same time, it's like, yes, I'm not going to give you all the details. You know, it's like well, she's this age, she's got this color, she wears these exact outfits. Uh, you know, so it's it's like you have to you have to step back. We don't like it, but we have to step back.
2: <laughs> yes, definitely. And there's also that that brings me to another um, idea: is that the traditional world and the self-publishing world totally different I've noticed the covers even like I write YA I write teen fiction and um in uh traditionally published books they're usually more subdued there's one or two colors there's uh, not very much detail a lot of times I don't even have a person on the cover whereas in indie you have people it's very very bright and vivid and there's lots of colors so it's completely different it's, it's weird how that works. And I still read the subdued and boring looking covers, <laughs> traditional books, <laughs> but uh, like, it's, it is different. And that's, that's one thing that you have to realize when you're writing and publishing is you, you have to market towards indie when you're indie and, you know, let the traditional people do their lovely thing sorry i went into book covers a
0: lot no no hey that thing is it's it's so weird we've talked to people before and we've, we've talked to people who are like yeah we're gonna publish and i've seen people who've just like you know made covers from like microsoft paint and you're like well, yeah. so i I, th- I think it's it's always worth reminding people that book covers are important and yes sometimes you have to pay more money than you might want to but it's worth it you yes. know rather than skipping (laughs)
2: absolutely and that that's that's the one thing that i i've noticed um people are getting better but i have noticed quite a few not so beautiful wonderful covers but the story is amazing like I feel like a lot of people would have more people reading their books if they had a cover that went toward their genre and things like that like these are the things that you have to research when you're self-publishing it sucks like you said it costs more sometimes but it is important so that's the one thing
1: yeah I mean a book cover is the first thing that people see and people do judge a book by their cover oh yeah
2: <laughs> okay. I that is one saying that I cannot stand because I, I mean I literally Really, I hate that. (laughs) I can't stand it because... There's a reason the book cover is the way it is. It aims towards your genre. It aims towards your age range. Like the book cover industry, the traditionally published people, the publishers, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they know what your book's about. They know your characters. They know your writing style. They know the market. They know what they're doing when they put, you know, a silhouette of a cover. Like for instance, paranormal cozy covers, they have a lot of silhouettes things like that a lot of colors sometimes but they have uh, a look you know and that's that's the one reason why i can't stand that saying
0: like you have to judge a book by its card <laughs> <laughs> that's it if you're expecting someone to to hand over cold hard cash for something you've done, especially if you're not a recognized name. It's like, you know, if you're Stephen King and you're flinging books out of the window every five days, whatever he does, then you can get away if you wanted to put shit covers on because people are seeing the name, and oh my God, it's Stephen King, fine. But if you're unknown or if you're slowly growing, it's like, you need to convince someone, hey, you might like this. And it's like walking up to a house with like crap in the garden and like, you know, dirt on the windows <laughs> going, come on in. And it's like, oh, no thanks inside might be beautiful absolutely perfect but if you've got like you know garbage piled high in the front garden no one's going to want to go in your house and it's the same thing it's like yes you'll probably get friends and family being generous and going, yeah i'll buy it and they might go oh my god i love the story and tell people it's like forget the cover just go but Again, no, no, just pay some money. Do it. Seriously, people, seriously.
2: (laughs) Exactly. 100%, I'm with you, Ari. And that's another thing too, like with Stephen King, like you say, he might be able to get away with something that an indie author wouldn't be able to get away with. But to a certain extent, if you look at his designs they are horror thriller based you know there is a there is a type they have a type as well and so his publishers would do the exact same thing they would they would go towards I mean you're not going to put a fantasy cover on a Stephen King book you would probably sell it sure but it would be his name you know and it's just like that's that's the only reason why I don't like that face uh, don't base your uh ah, the cover thing. Oh <laughs> Don't
0: judge a book by its cover. That, that one! Oh yeah can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll wrap this one up now. I want to say a big thank you to Mickey for joining us today. Do you want to tell our listeners about yourself and, you know, do a bit more? Plug in, go.
2: Oh, sounds good. Uh, sure. I, I've i actually been writing for almost a quarter of a century now, which makes me feel old. But I started very young, so that's good. I started writing poetry and I eventually went into um, song lyrics and like I said, I went about five years without writing. And when I came back to it, I just couldn't write anymore. It was awful. And then I um, started writing stories. I read a Nora Roberts novel and I was like, "Ooh, I can write romance. Totally wrong. <laughs> no, cannot write romance at all. Very bad at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything is a learning curve. I think everything in life, it's its there to teach you. And so like I said, I've been writing for 25 years in some way or another, but in, in some form or another. So I, I figure as long as you're learning, that's a thing. Fun facts about me. I'm accident pro. I'm a vegetarian. I have six cats. I inherited two when my father passed away. So I mean, it sounds like a lot, but you you got to do it. And uh, I have an amazing little black rabbit named Banana. And I have a guinea pig named Zipper. because She loves to run. As I've said, I write YA novels, teen fiction. A fantasy is my favorite. So we've mentioned Piggybacker. Also a favorite of mine, I have to say. I'm biased. It's about a a girl who can bring a boy back to life. Very fun. Lots of magic. Fun stuff. So
0: pick up a copy if you like. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously all links to uh mickey's website social media and her book links will be in the description below and if you are listening to this on youtube it'll be on a nice little pretty graphic which we'll just probably do a, a little bit of a plug again with the supernatural beings anthology volume two from mr monsters that mickey put together it features 11 stories by 11 different authors and is out to buy now it came out yesterday Woo woo. Yay, woo! so if you haven't already go grab yourself a copy of this awesome collection of stories you can get it from amazon called well, Smashwords, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble Indigo and lots of other places that I can't remember but again they'll be in the description below Okay as always we hope you enjoyed this episode. Do let us know if you have participated in an anthology if you are running or want to run an anthology put it in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag the Podcast. If you want to get some extra content head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Podcast. You can support our show for as little as $1 a month and get yourself a lot of cool bonus content Tune in next week for another episode of the Merry writer podcast where we ask all the right questions thanks for listening bye 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 this podcast is brought to you by scraps of paper we have notes everywhere the music titled inspired is by kevin mcleod licensed under creative commons 4.0